How much do you owe in college debt? Is there a strategy to pay it off quicker? It's seven figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Chris Kanya is here. You can have seven figures. We all can, but it's more than just that number. It's the goal to have financial and achieve financial independence. And each week, we're going to get you closer to it. Today, we're talking college tuition, which is big for all of us, right? We'll cash in with the expert, Paul Selich from College Assistance Plus, collegeassistanceplus.com. His company helps families like yours to figure out the best strategy to pay for college. We'll leave you with one major thing that you can do today, at least one thing to think about, ending the episode with your return on investment. So, Chris... You and I came from completely different backgrounds. I oh, mean, yeah. we approach debt totally different. I was convinced for a long time that I will always have debt. And I've been told that before from people my age or people older than me. So that was the way I Is lived it, for a while. When you saw your parents, though, did you? Because you're a product of your environment, right? Sure. Did you grow up just always hearing your parents talk about debt? I mean, I, I knew how I knew that the mortgage was high. I didn't know how high. I didn't know what it was supposed to be. I didn't know for how long we were going to have it. But yeah. for the most part, we didn't really know what cost what. But my, you know, my stepdad would come home from plumbing calls and, and kind of sh- lay money on the table if he made $2,000 off one job. So we thought he was making a mint. But that was just that day or that week or okay. whatever it was. So it was hard to kind of to kind of figure it out when we were young. Um, when I say weak, because I'm the oldest of six kids, but were there a lot of conversations in your family about finances and how to oh, no, tackle no. finances? My dad would, my stepdad would say stuff like, "Learn the value of a dollar," but then okay. he would pay us a lot very well. My brothers and I, when we went to work with him, we, we would make sixty dollars for the day at thirteen, which is an astronomical amount of money yeah. in the '90s. Growing up, when you were only thirteen, so learn the value of a dollar. But here's a bunch of money that you don't need. So. Practice what you preach type thing was there was a little misbalance there. Looking back in the moment, it was awesome. Got yeah. 60 bucks at 13. I don't know if there's a right way to do this. I think every parent struggles with it. But, man, I am so grateful. And I know and I realize that I'm very fortunate because my dad, and he moved here like a lot of people in this area. He moved here from Italy off the boat with nothing. And he loves to tell the story. He had a spoon and a plate. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. That cardboard box is the coffee table. Not even you a know. spork. Just he a did, spoon. <laughs> he had nothing. But he said he worked really hard to make it to where he is today. So I watched him be frugal. You could call it cheap, whatever. Um, but... He practiced what he preached, and he taught us that, hey, you're only going to buy something that you can afford to pay with in cash. And if you can't, then you're going to not chip away at that bill. You're going to chop away at that bill. The temptation is too, it's too hard. I'll admit it. It's too hard. There's too many things out there. There's too much fun to be had. There's too much technology and gadgets to buy. There's too much experience to have. You know what I mean? Like, maybe... Uh, I don't want to cry that it's hard. I don't want to pull the millennial card and cry that it's harder nowadays than it was back then. Well, maybe but it is, though. It's the exposure of all these things that we could spend what little money we have on as opposed to this bill that we kind of are convinced we're going to have forever. If I, It's either pay the student loan, which yeah. my girlfriend has student loans, and, and you know she's been told to uh, to by her friends to just pay the minimum and live your life because you're yeah. going to have this debt yeah. forever. And I kind of starting to agree with that because... Instead of spending her whole 20s paying this 
Bill that she's still going to have her in her 30s and oh, 40s. To live her life. To live her to life. To enjoy your life. To enjoy your life in your and 20s. And be in debt forever. It's impossible to say no when you have well, Instagram, Facebook, you have YouTube, all these commercials that we have about experience. Go to Cancun for 1200 bucks. Buy the new yes. iPad and you can well, access maybe, this. Okay. Maybe it is a little bit more tempting now. Sure. And maybe college tuition, without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt, they're higher than they've ever been. So maybe it is a little bit tougher now. But I don't know if it's impossible to really get rid or try your hardest to get rid of that debt. So what is the best strategy? We cash in now with our expert, Paul Selich is here from College Assistance Plus, collegeassistanceplus.com. And this is what you do. You, you help families strategize those college loans, right? Well, we do. And, and this is becoming more and more of a loan uh, consulting business for us, even though we help with other aspects of the college process. How do we tackle our debt? With? Well, one of, one of the things that's uh, difficult for most people to understand is college debt is not like mortgage debt or car loan debt, right? A car loan you can, or a mortgage, you can get a payoff amount. It's almost impossible to get a college debt amount. Uh, the lenders are not very receptive to somebody paying it off. They want that interest. Oh, okay. And it's front end loaded with the interest. So we have clients who have paid back Seventy, eighty thousand dollars over fifteen years, and only tackled fifteen thousands of the college debt. It, it's like this um, this amorphous in the sky that nobody can talk to. I mean, you you read uh, about these situations uh, in in all the all the papers about people say, "Gosh, I paid so much on a debt, and I haven't even moved the needle on it." Well, my so, girlfriend has fifty thousand dollars, like, um, and I saw her statement for the first time recently. Now, I'm no expert in finances. I have a bad credit score. I'm just getting back on my feet. I didn't respect a dollar until about a year ago, and started making the right moves. But her payment, to break it down, and I'm sure this is not uncommon, she pays about three hundred eighty dollars a month, and over two hundred of that is just interest. Exactly. I've taken all the pens that she owns away. She's not allowed to sign any more documents for any loans or anything. <laughs> well, this would like any it's big loan when yeah. you have and you don't have a house yet. But when you look at the when you look at the interest, you're like, well, right. what the heck am I paying? Am I paying the principal or the interest? But Sandy, on a house, you can go to the lender and say, I want to make this principal payment. That's yes. almost impossible to you do. You can't do that Chris, with college. Chris okay. is pointing out a great uh, a oh. great uh, perspective on this. And, 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 you know, here, here's the dilemma. We live in a full disclosure state. When you buy a car, you sign a statement, you know, six and a half feet long. And it's saying, you know, full disclosure of everything. Truth in lending, that's what they call it. College loans are not like that. You just sign one page and it says you've got the loan. There's not a lot of background and information given to the lender. The other thing is your girlfriend wanted to go to college. The only way she could go to college is borrowing the money. And the college said, you don't have to pay it back till six months after you graduate. And by the way, you'll have a great job then and you'll be able to pay it back. Oh, easy. Now, if you buy all those statements and they all come true, now maybe you, you um, created a good, a good transaction for yourself. We find that's not the case. Kids aren't finding great jobs. Um, they're not, and, and mo there's two situations that you can do with college loans. One is deference. The other is forbearance. That means basically the clock stops. The interest keeps going, but the clock stops. So uh, we had, I had a family uh, just about 10 years ago now. Their daughter went to Boston University. I met with them at the Highland Diner, and she put her loans in forbearance, which was just as I said, the interest. She started out with uh, hundred grand in loans. She ended up with 180 grand in loans oh after my. nine months. So yeah. what do you tell your clients to do? Refinance. What? Refinance. Throughout. And how many times are you able to refinance? As long as you have a 660 credit score, we can get you to refinance. And because oh, we, we, lump, we okay. lump our we we lump all our clients together 
So the, we mitigate the credit score, if you know what I'm saying. So we can get better loans because we're a massive lender. You get uh, a bonus of $5,000. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you hit your sales bonus. Right. Would you recommend that you put that $5,000 towards the college If you can debt? figure out how to do it. It's not easy they to do. They make it hard, huh? Well, you're, you're dealing with It's hard to pay, make additional payments to deal, a college yes, debt? Yes, you're dealing with 800, lender, 800 number lenders who, you, it's hard to find them. I mean, you're, you know, try to pay something. Oh, they have really you, have want you, you tried, to stay in have, debt. Have you ever tried? Absolutely. Well, how do you tackle it then? Just keep refinancing? That's our only answer? Well, well no, there's two, there's two things I want to make this point, because one point is really germane. Okay. And that is this. If you co-sign for your son or daughter's student loan, yeah. you want to make sure you have term life insurance out on that student. We had a situation where a student was killed two years after they're, they're, they graduated uh, college. Yeah. They're, these are both retired parents. They're paying back $85,000 in student debt on a dead student. Oh, my So you, a, a term life insurance for a young person is peanuts. And we, that's the first thing we recommend. If you're going to co-sign for loans, protect yourself. Who thinks of that? Nobody thinks that of that. Good. That's why we brought Paul in. <laughs> yeah, College no, well, Plus. It's, it's you kind of morbid, your keep, it's <laughs> kind of morbid, but it's germane, right? I mean, we, we say to people, listen, do you, have, do you have term life insurance on your kids? Who takes term life insurance out on a 17-year-old? You, Nobody uh, does, you right? You do no. that when you get married and you start a family is when you're well, thinking about insurance, well, yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think the, the fallacy is these are loans that we're used to. You know, you can go to a lender usually, as you suggested, Sandy, and say, let me put 5000 down on the principal. And that's the way you pay off your mortgage early, right? You, yeah. you know, you pay. That's that's a strategy yeah. we, we employ. But you, it's hard to do that on student loans. They're almost impossible. When Chris mentioned the statement, look for some some contact information on the statement. It's the crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's impossible. It. It's, so there's it's really not truth in lending as I as we know it, and uh, it's terrible. I mean, that's why we have that problem. We have everybody loves your kid. Everybody wants to help them. How do you help them? And and how expensive are these schools? I mean, these schools are going up, uh, you know, 5% a year. I mean, is, the, the U of R just raised their price to 66.4 room board tuition. What that means is if Chris goes to the U of R as a freshman in the fall, he's going to be pushing $80,000 a year in his senior year. Think about that. That isn't... Mm. Those numbers are staggering. So, you know, it's just not like the debt we're used to. It, which we all are very familiar with, you know, college, uh, credit cards, cars, mortgages. It, college loans are just not the same animal. Do private college loans, okay, let's, let's answer both sides. Federal student loans, do they go against your credit score if you default on them or if you didn't pay them late or just like anything else? Well, great question. You know, you first of all, you can't default on a federal loan. They take it out of your paycheck, right? Right. It's non-dischargeable with your bankruptcy, oh non-collateralized. Follows you to the grave. Imagine, Sandy, imagine someone coming, taking money out of your paycheck, and that sum of money includes interest on something. How yeah. defeating does that, does that feel? And there's no solution. What no, about private no, loans? That's that's why, why, before your, we move on, what about private loans? Can well, you, private loans, you know, it's just like any lender. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't get, it's hard to get a student loan if you're under 660 credit score. So this is just a vicious cycle then. If yeah. I If I need to lower my payment for my... Private student loan because I can't afford it. I can't refinance it because my credit's not big enough because I can't afford the initial payment. But what you what you can do, there's a couple of solutions. One is called income-based repayment. If you're making so little uh, or less than the payment, so say, you know, Chris, uh, $300 a month is too much, right? So you're making 2000 bucks a month. You can get an income-based repayment plan with the government, but they attenuate the, the, uh, the, the loan itself for years and years. They drag it out, right? So now... You're going to pay a lot more in interest, but you're going to pay back, you know, two, 10% of your uh, gross income. So yeah. 200 bucks a month. 
And, and you're supposed to get off it in 10 years, but, boy, it's a long 10 years. I mean, oh. if, if you're making so little, uh, that's why the, the decision about college and what you're majoring in, you know, you assuming they choose the right college, they know what they're going to major in. We find one of the biggest challenges is kids don't know what they want to do when they're 17. So what we do, we sit them down and we say, okay, what are your interests? What are your passions? What are your gifts? Do you know anybody who has a lifestyle that you want to emulate? And we get into conversations with these students that their parents never would because we say, wait a minute, now we're going we're gonna to try to drag out of you what you want to do with your life. As you guys know, if, if you don't like what you do, you're, you're working. If you love what you do, it's not work. And the other, the other problem is when people are in college, they're partying, they're uh, not thinking about a job afterwards. And that's, these are huge decisions that we're, we're placing on 17, 18, 19-year-old people. And the parents so- abdicate it. Where do you think the future is going to be? Because this bubble has to burst. Well, that's the prediction. Eventually. It's a prediction that my girlfriend jokes about all the time. She goes, "The college, the college loan situation is going to be the same thing that happened to the housing market." Yeah, and me, right. not knowing anything about finances or stocks but, or trades or whatever, I it sounds Chris, like something that Chris, the only difference is the only difference is when we had the housing bubble. So let me give you a metaphor. So Chris, you bought a house uh, for five hundred grand in Las Vegas just before the bubble popped. You, you took out a $300,000 mortgage. Now that house is worth two hundred grand. So you're upside down in the house. Right. But you have a house. There's no collateral behind a student loan. That's the danger. Last year, the federal government made $68 billion on student loan interest. Think about that. Does that make you sick, Sandy? Well, and that's why, Sandy, it's not going to go away because, you know, you can't take any It'll money. It'll never with, go away. You don't foresee away. anything changing. Well, first of all, think about the lobbying pressure we have. We have private colleges who are up in arms now because Cuomo even mentioned tuition-free SUNY schools. Is it going to all of a sudden become just the norm? It just, is the norm now. But, People, I mean, really, we're not going to even attempt. We're not going to even try to pay it's just off be anything another, because it's just hey, there. You, want, you know, you hear, you hear like Bernie Sanders, you know, say we need free college. I mean, in, in Canada, we, they have free colleges. It's a government, they're government schools. That's a good question because, like, right now, um, I don't know what the, the proper terminology is, but I classify my bills into things that can be ultimately, pay, ultimately paid to zero or and then things that will never go, never away. go away. You'll never not have a f- cell phone bill. You can't pay off a cell phone bill to to where you won't get one every month, right? You could prepay it forever, sure, but right. you know what I'm talking about? Yep. So maybe the student loan will be so in that, that category. Uh, and then what happens when you hit an age where you still didn't pay off your loans mm-hmm. and They take it out of you your pass. Social Security. No, you, you pass away. Oh, they take it out of your Social Security. And, uh, and if somebody co-signed for it, if they're How alive. How about if nobody's co-signed? Do you have to have a co-signer? You know, you know, your students can't co-sign for their loans. The well, only that's thing true. Students, students can only take out your son's or daughters, can only take out $29,000 a year over four years. <sighs> After that, they need a co-signer. Well, okay, so I'm dead. My parents are yep. passed. They take it out of your estate. So you, you have an estate. <laughs> Sandy, you can't get away from it. So everything you're this working is, for in your... This is just like, if you, the analogy I'd use is this is like owing the IRS money. If you, I don't know if you've had that experience. Yeah, I, I do have, right now. If currently. you owe the IRS money, they, can, they have the right to garnish you. They can take every cent of your pay. I mean, they, you'll work out a plan with them. They can take every cent of your pay. They are in front of all your creditors. So if Chris has a car payment, a mortgage, and he owes the IRS money, the IRS jumps in front of everybody. In fact, they take it right out of his paycheck before he even sees it. So that's that's the – but when people are so cavalier – Is that just with federal loans or with private as well? Uh, Federal loans. But but private loans are non-collateralized either. I mean, they'll go after you just as any creditor will. I mean – so, yeah. so the solution here, we have this debt. What is the solution? There well, is no solution I, I, but no, to refinance? I don't think there's a solution in the near future, I mean, in our lifetime, because 
First of all, you oh. got huge amounts of pressure. You know, you said it earlier about your aspirations for your children. Nobody has kids saying, you know, they're never going to go to college. I mean, whatever. <laughs> right? No, well, everybody. no, at this point, no, well, I hope no, that my everybody. kids well, don't, well, don't that's go why, to college. That's why our business model is so, is so effective, because we say to people, we're educators. We're consultants, but we're educators. We want you to know there's ways to do this without destroying your life financially. Okay. But if you go into this naively thinking... I'm going to do what my neighbors do. You know, Sandy, you and I talked earlier. Nobody at a cocktail party says, you know, I'm I'm un- unbelievably burdened by student loans. You never hear that <laughs> phrase. No. Everybody right. says, my kid's going to Yale, Harvard, Princeton, whatever. Yeah. Nobody even talks about yeah. it and how much it costs. It's it's like how a dirty How do you possibly retire? How is our future oh. generation? Chris, kind of you and your friends, how are they supposed to retire when this, this debt will never if be you, wiped clean? If you go to, uh, you know, a millennial gathering point, my, I started off the conversation by saying, does anybody here not have a student loan? Not a hand went up. These are people 20. It's the number one complaint I hear about when oh. it, just socializing with people my, my age. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to, I was lucky enough to drop out of high school. Yeah. <laughs> I never yeah, thought I'd say that. But. It's alarming when, okay, you are in the age group of your friends should have student loans. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes alarming when. My friends, and, yep. and I don't know about your friends, Paul, but they still have their student loans, and well, now they're about to uh, to embark on their kids' Well, loans. listen to this. I had, I had a client, uh, not, actually, they signed their three daughters up. I won't tell you what their professions are, but these are two 49-year-old people. She went to the University of Pennsylvania in Wharton School of, um, of um, Wharton School. It's a, you know, it's the best MBA program you can have. Uh, they have, and he's a, he's a, a professional in the medical field. They have five hundred thousand dollars in student loans. Their more their loan payments is thirty nine hundred dollars a month. They're forty nine years old. They'll never be out of debt. And I said, "How did this happen?" He said, "Well, you know, I was from Buffalo. I could have gone to UB instead. I went to Tufts." She said, "You know, she's working at uh, not knocking this, but she's working as a tax preparer. She's got two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in student debt." Oh, and she's, I, you know, it's just okay. Right now, at this point in the conversation. I feel defeated. So we need to, (laughs) the focus of this is to make everyone feel like they can achieve financial independence. It's time to get return on investment here. You dedicated time to this podcast. What is the one thing, the ROI that you can give these people that are listening right now? Go go to somebody who's expert in this and and, uh, ask them to come up with a strategy to refinance your loans. But previous to that, if you're if your kids are early enough like yours are, Sandy, you got to use the right strategy to get them to college. You can't let young people go to the school of their dreams. One of the things we we hear all the time is I really worked hard in high school, so I should be able to go to my dream school. A kid can't can't assimilate that. So refinance, refinance. Uh, If your kids are about to go. Through this, high school or make middle, sure you, uh, you start know, talking early. Finally, you you referred to it earlier uh, in this podcast is a life insurance policy oh, on your kid that's huge, is huge. probably the biggest takeaway and that it's I have. Dollars a month, and it's like, oh man, don't you know? We hate we we have not had that happen since we had the scenario back in. Oh, six, I think it happened. This was a New Jersey couple, and we it's were It's always devastated. a tough conversation, a tough oh, thought, my gosh. but we, we protect yeah. ourselves. We got to yes. 100% protect the family. Um, it is seven figures. Paul Selich, thank you so much for coming thank in. College Assistance Plus, collegeassistanceplus.com. Thank you so much.